You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit, but your feast is nearly over. This is not my home. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. Why aren't you laughing? From this moment on, none of you are safe. Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I am your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to batmanonfilm.com, click on the podcast link, and you will find the Batman Podcast Network that has a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy subjects we all love to frolic about in our free time. The Batman Book Club is also on Patreon. If you like what's going on with the show and you want to help support it in any way possible, you can do that at patreon.com slash thebatmanbc, and it helps keep the generators running in the Wayne Manor study. Now, thank you for listening to episode number 97, Robin and Batman. Now, this is a, uh, a great occasion that I know Peter Vera is going to be jealous of. There's been a Zeddy spotting. That's right. There's a Zeddy spotting. Uh, here on this show, the Batman Book Club, joining me from Vigilante 1939, is that Zeddy himself, Mr. Nick Zednick. Mr. Zednick, thank you for coming back to the show. Mr. Vengeance, I mean, Mr. Lauer, <laughs> you know, I, I was told that your penthouse is the safest place in Gotham, which is sure. why I decided to ring your doorbell again. Happy to be <laughs> well, here, sir. I appreciate ringing the doorbell, and I'm sure everybody who, who looks at me immediately says, Mr. Vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that intimidating for sure. You sure are. 97 episodes. That's pretty intimidating. Oh man, we are creeping to <laughs> triple digits. Uh it's been like it's been like a year since you've been on this show. I said that to your pal Nico just a few episodes ago. It's almost been like a year since he's been on. I mean, mm. time flies. We've been busy. You've been busy. Yeah, I've been busy. And and I mean, seeing the you go through the continue to go through the catalog of Batman stories since that year has came by has been incredible. You just did the imposter and it feels like, you know, that book just came out Mm -hmm. as recent as it is, you know, obviously I did bat um, Morrison's, you know, Batman reborn, uh, which is a great story in my humble opinion. And it is also another Batman and Robin. Yeah. So it's a trend here. (laughs) Yeah, I know you're starting to see the trend here, but I'm going to try to convince you to do one thing by the end of the episode. And hopefully your, your listeners I'll be satisfied with the results, but okay. Yeah, no, yeah, very happy. <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, before we figure out what that one thing is, you know, since it's, I mean, you and I have talked, but the people haven't gotten to hear us talk in like a year. So I need to ask you, what's some Batman comics you've been you've been reading lately, mm. aside from what we're gonna talk about? Yeah, yeah, which is a Marvel story, which you'll hear why. <laughs> uh, Batman the Imposter, I really dug. I know I just mm-hmm. name dropped that, but I thought that was a great different batman story that coincidentally enough did tie into the batman a little bit you do see some inspirations in that book uh i've been really i'm going to be enjoying the, the latest world's finest um batman and superman book which yeah. uh dan moore can't go along with that that's right uh, so i'm very excited for that and then there's a lot of uh batman beyond comics that are going to be dropping just in the short near distant future so that's on the periphery in the near distant future uh, but yeah, I'm just enjoying it. And I know it's not a Batman comic, but you know, 
Tom Taylor's Nightwing is still killing it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, Batman character, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good right now on the Batman side of things, all fun. Oh man, I totally forgot that you love Batman Beyond like Nico loves Kristen Stewart. <laughs> I mean, you're a you're a McGinnis stan. I forgot about that. So uh, I hope those books are treating you well, aren't they? Been uh, yes, well? they. Um, so actually, Batman Neo Year, which is going to be the start of a brand new run, comes out mm-hmm. in April. All right. Um, and then I think there's a Batman Beyond White Knight, something like that, that comes out at the end of this month. So beyond I'm, I'm, the white beyond Knight. beyond <laughs> the white Knight. So I'm I'm living life pretty good as a Batman Beyond fan in a few weeks here. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't mind uh Batman Beyond. It's just never my like my go-to, but I am extremely excited for Sean Murphy's uh final chapter in his, you know, White Knight verse. I don't know. Uh but yeah, I'm very excited for that which is coming up here um really soon by the end of this month. Are you saying third times the charm is going to be that story, a Batman Beyond story, Mr. Lauer? No pressure, Mr. Murphy. I know he's listening. Uh <laughs> But the, I mean, the pressure's on him because he has delivered yeah. everything so far in that universe. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I, if, if this ends up being the best one of the three, then I can't even fathom how good that's going to be because the other two have been so good. So we'll see. And, and that book will be called the second. Ed- I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> Hey guys, wanted to hop in here quick to say we're inching towards spring and the warm season will get you outside to enjoy that sunshine, but you can't fully enjoy the outdoors without the proper lawn care. And that's where my friends and sponsors Manscaped come in. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide, that's 8 million balls, who trust Manscaped with 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BATBOOK. That's BATBOOK, B-A-T-B-O-O-K. Manscaped's performance package provides a plethora of products that can fit in your own utility belt, like the Lawnmower 4.0. Now, this trimmer has a new cutting-edge blade that helps reduce accidents, is waterproof, and provides a spotlight. I don't know about you, but the toughest parts of lawn care for me are the hilly terrains. Well, the Lawnmower 4.0 helped me and will help you Glide along with the right blend of ease and precision to achieve a well-maintained front yard. Now, if you have some extra weeds in the nostrils that not even poison ivy would pluck, the Weed Whacker is the hero you deserve and need right now. It quickly clips in the cave with calm and comfort. And Manscaped's Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner provide a cool, comforting relief to your downstairs. Trust me, it's like Mr. Freeze sent you to the cooler. So take care of yourself and your significant other. With all of these products, just go to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code BATBOOK. That's BATBOOK, B-A-T-B-O-O-K, BATBOOK. Well, let's stop talking about the future. All sure. right, let's 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 not think about the future. Let's think about the present or the past. I don't know. Let's talk some Robin and Batman. So just like the last episode, which was Batman the Imposter, Robin and Batman is a pretty recent uh, release. It was written by Jeff Lemire, illustrated by Dustin Nguyen, 
they came out physically and digitally in November, three books, part of the Black Label, uh, the Prestige format, uh, released in November, December, and January. Physical and digital, that's it. Hardcover collection as of right now. It's not, it's not expected until August. Uh, Hoopla, which sometimes do, do release single issues. It's not even on Hoopla yet. It's not on DC Universe Infinite. So pretty limited way of getting this, either digitally or physically. So Mr. Zednik, mm -hmm. uh, Sir Zeddy, what, what version of this book did you read for this episode? So I'm going to show you. Your audience yeah. can't see them, but beautiful yeah. cover right here. Yeah. Nice trade paperbacks, of course. Mm -hmm. Stolen, stolen in nice plastic as always, because that's mm -hmm. that's just how I roll. <laughs> that's uh, how you do. Definitely picked it up at the local comic shop, and after reading all three issues, I was glad to have picked every single issue up. Good. Once it came out. Yep. Um, I too dipped into the physicalness, and a huge shout out to uh, Austin Rodriguez for picking me up book three and sending it to me because surprisingly I didn't make it to the comic shop the week of, and the next week I went and there were none. I don't know why my three comic shops in, in the area, I went to each one and nobody had Robin and Batman book three. And I was devastated because I'm a completist. I'm like, I can't have two physical yeah. copies and not the third. And then yeah, mm -hmm. Austin, I, I think I made that, made that known on the Batman book club, Twitter and Austin reached out and said, Hey, my comic shop has some and he picked one up, sent it my way. So huge That's props awesome. and thanks to that guy who I've met in person, the BOF That's watch awesome. party for the Batman. Great guy. Uh, so how about when did you first read this? I guess to make it a little bit more interesting, did you hop sure. in as soon as it was released book one? I did because okay. just because of Jeff Lemire, uh, mm -hmm. So a good friend of mine, Emmett Davis, because uh, I'm not really too familiar with Jeff Lemire, but he got me on Sweet Tooth. And mm -hmm. then the second that I found out he was doing a Batman and Robin book or Robin and Batman for technical purposes, uh, I was sold. So mm -hmm. I read the first issue. I was completely blown away at what the premise of the story was. I was eager to dive into the second issue. I'm a little bit weary, but because it was only three issues, I was uh, you know, I was led to believe that it's a great story because there was a specific story that was being told. This isn't mm -hmm. an ongoing run in comics that, you know, can dive off a little bit, you know, because that's just what happens sometimes. But yeah, no, Jeff Lemire's name really sold me on the start. And, and I dig the art style in this book for some reason. I think, it, for, I think some it's pretty cool. hmm. for some reason. Yeah, we'll dig yeah. into that. I, too, <laughs> from the get go, um, picked this book up. And yeah, the. I dug it the whole way. Uh, we'll get into specifics, of course. But yeah, I picked it up the first the first day of release, went to my shop and got it. And then lastly here, before we start digging in, why, when I asked if you'd like to return to the show, did you choose Robin and Batman? Uh, of course, because there's no bias whatsoever. But no. if, I, <laughs> if I had it, you know, Robin's just my favorite Batman character. You know, if, if I had to exclude batman out of the conversation okay. dick grayson is my favorite dc hero aside from batman and then it obviously obviously goes superman but dick grayson to me just represents the ideal hero and i know that there's been so many times where we've seen his origin dark victory robin year one you know animated series you know we've seen it so many times i just never get sick of seeing it because mm -hmm. there's so many ways that you can interpret it right in this story 
actually takes it in the approach of Robin and gives you Batman's perspective as well. And I think that that was really refreshing. What a good answer. What a nice answer. Well, as we dig in, that let's go ahead and talk about that point uh, to expand on what you just said. I was really excited at the first announcement of the story because I feel like we've gotten, you know, dark victory, but that's the very last page of that story is Robin taking the vow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back in like his debut, which I didn't like read his first issue uh, in, you know, his debut issue. It's, I just don't feel like we have that. Okay. But now next chapter it's, Mm -hmm. He takes the vow and then he's defined Dick Grayson Robin. So mm-hmm. the announcement of this story and how it's going to be after that vow and like early days of Batman and Robin, I was really interested in that because I would, I know Dick Grayson's been around just almost as long as Batman, but I, w- I would be totally down for a re relaunch of him but in modern times you know uh and not have to dig back in the 1940s for his first stories so this i i really was excited at the aspect of oh we're gonna get a current writer a current artist doing early days uh dick grayson as robin so -hmm. that that concept and also when there's a new batman book launched whether it's a mini series or full series whatever i'm intrigued right away it's batman comics this is the batman book club we look at (laughs) batman comics so how did you feel as far as that approach? Did you hear did you hear anything about this book before like the day it came out or a, two days before it came out? Mm. No, other than the art style just being unique, I really didn't hear too much about it. But I did what you really just said, too, because it is very fascinating. You know, we, we've seen so many of Robin's origin stories, but we never really actually quite get into it a whole lot. You know, usually it's we see Bruce Wayne take him in and then he immediately like is Robin, right? There's really mm-hmm. no in between. So I dug that this story kind of gives you the in between like yeah. the animated series, you know, Robin's reckoning did it a little bit, but uh, that's probably the most that we might've seen. But this one for me, it's like Bruce Wayne is a certain way. Dick Grayson is a certain way. He's kind of Robin, but he's not Robin. And the whole story is him becoming Robin essentially. And mm-hmm. it's just uh. It's how do you get to that point is what the story is, right? Because there's so many perspectives and different ways of maternal relationships in this in this story. Uh, the pers- you know, Batman's a little bit different in here, <laughs> to say the least. But yeah, I, I dig it's really Dick Grayson coming to terms with his life and Batman coming to terms with his life in this story. Yeah, and I guess we can address that too this is the batman book club in which robin's the star of this book yeah but this book counts because batman is very important to the story he gets second billing his name is on the cover of the story so totally counted when you said when you said this story and i mean let's talk about him at first of this is kind of a harsh a-hole batman in this book it's it is a little difficult to fully root him on for most of the story in which we can get to the rest of it later on in our conversation but i think from the would you agree that 
pretty much from the get-go it's a little wow this guy this one's this guy's harsh mm-hmm. this is a little tough <laughs> yeah the, the whole time i'm reading it i'm like man yeah they're really going they're really going for it here with, with batman because it and you know what you are really kind of seeing that interpretation lately i think you know on the animation side of things like you know like i think in young justice he's a little more uh right to the point with everything he's a little more meaner you know he's kind of you know he's all business no fun essentially but it goes back to i could see people's gripes with like him and batman beyond like bruce wayne and batman beyond really doesn't work for a lot of people and not that there's really parallels but i can kind of see why that doesn't work because it's a very cold-hearted bruce wayne he's at the end of his stage you know Granted, he's not the end, he's not at the end of his stage in this book, but he's still young in his career, yeah. and you're kind of confused why Batman is just so mean to his kid, right? But you know, he's he's young, he's mean, he's leaner. Uh, this is Batman typically is meaner in his early stages of his career, but there's different panels in here, Ryan, where I was like, even Alfred is like challenging Batman, and I'm just like damn you would not see that in any other story and this is pretty cool actually but the relationship is different and it's just i'm like you're right ryan like i don't want to root for batman but it goes back to like it's the code right but we We're, have to we have but to we have to you know like like like, there, like there, there's a panel and i don't want to skip too far ahead where like he does something really nice for robin and mm-hmm. then they come back to like the back cave and then he immediately tells Robin to do something. Oh, we're going to get there. Alfred is just like, whoa. We're, we are going to get there. So you and that's like Batman summed up in a nutshell in this book. Yeah. And I mean, you mentioned Alfred. Alfred's kind of represents us in the story, I think. And mm-hmm. it's funny also that you mentioned Young Justice because I I hear Bruce Greenwood's Batman in this, in this story in my yep. head mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. But I just thought, like, wow, for some reason I'm hearing Bruce Greenwood. But Batman seems harsh, but his first interaction after that first scene where Dick makes a couple of mistakes, including a major one that Batman saves him from, mm. and Bruce is talking to Alfred, and he says, this only works if he has the armor he needs to survive out there. I won't put a child in danger. He needs to become something more. He knew that. You knew that. And Alfred goes on and saying, would it hurt to show Master Dick a bit of compassion, just a little leniency? And Bruce says, leniency would have gotten him killed. Leniency would mean me bringing home a dead child. And I think, so up to that point, we're thinking that he's pretty harsh. He's not given any leniency. But then you take a second and you think about what he said and the events that this just followed. And it's, well, yeah, it's it's life or death. There isn't, you know, there's no uh, mattresses you know, but there's no padded walls to fall to fall toward or on or anything like that out in this. It's one mistake. You could be dead. And then that's going to affect Bruce as well. He's the one responsible. So he's like, you need to be better. There needs to be no leniency or cutting corners on this at all if you want to do this. So I think Lemire takes does a really good job of setting that up towards the beginning to where, mm-hmm. yes, this is a harsh trainer right now but it's because he needs to be because of what's at stake doesn't matter that he's a kid a kid shouldn't be out doing this sort of thing basically that's Mm -hmm. a totally different argument 
but if he's going to, he needs to be able to match people like adults, mm-hmm. bad adults. So Batman in this, a little hard to root for, but also he, he does make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even the way he draws him, sure, right? he, he looks very grizzled. He, yes, I don't think there's grizzled. one panel where he smiles at all. So it's like Lemire draws Batman the way that he comes across on the panel. So yeah. And he draws Robin a lot more hopeful and inspiring, I would think. Mm-hmm. And Alfred's kind of your typical, like, everyday grandpa, he looks yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, everyday grandpa. Sorry. Great, but, you know. great pencil mustache Yeah, in this version. <laughs> I'm a big fan. So then let's talk about this version of, of Robin then as well, this young Dick Grayson. He's not cocky, but I feel like he's confident and overconfident. And some might say overconfidence, just a nicer way of saying cocky. I think there is a slight difference. And I think that Grayson falls a little more on the overconfidence side, not cocky. But as we see in this opening, in this opening fight, I mean, he does make a, he, he's thinking I've got it. I've got everything, but he miscounts one person that Batman has to save him from. And that one guy, which I'm looking, looks like he has a meat cleaver in his hand. That had done some damage. It would have. <laughs> but that's who Batman has to, who stops him from. And then they have a, a silent car ride on the way home. So, I mean, it's a good introduction, just like we have of this version of Batman. I think it's a good introduction of this version of, of Robin as well. Mm-hmm. First reactions on Robin. Go. Yeah, I I really like him throughout this book because it's, you know, it's one of those, like, he's just he really just wants to be Robin. He's very excited at the prospect of being Robin. Mm-hmm. He says many times, you know, in the, in the, throughout the story that the only reason why I guess he agreed to come live with Bruce Wayne was, or was because he knew he was going to be Robin. Like that was mm-hmm. apparently the deal that they made. Right. So the whole time it's very rarely do you see Batman trying to impress Robin or Robin trying to impress Batman. Robin is just trying to impress Batman and nowhere in this book is Batman trying to impress Robin which Mm -hmm. is kind of a different outlook on their relationship right because usually Batman typically is a little more lenient with Robin especially Dick Grayson because he is the first uh so in this one it's just he's just all about the code you know like he's just he says you know you're my soldier you know Mm -hmm. you're not my ward you're my soldier so it's it kind of it kind of goes beyond just Batman being a rough parent. It's just yeah. he's just this Batman that you know he he probably is suppressing his emotions by being a little too hard on Robin in this book. But we'll get there. Overall thoughts on Robin is he is he is classic Robin to me in this book too. You know he is he is a pretty nice kid. You know, he he gets bullied in this book a lot, too. But the whole idea of he just wants to be Robin, he just wants to help Batman. That is Robin to me, you know, where he's just he wants he wants to just do the right thing. He just wants to do good. So I buy into that. I think what I like, too, and I always refer to one of my favorite Batman and I guess Bruce and Dick moments in their suits or not is that conversation that they have in the Batmobile and hush and where Batman says, I mean, it's internal, but says that Dick has earned that right. Basically to talk Mm -hmm. to him how he does. 
And I think this book, I think that is almost like my, the roots that I, that I, everything needs to connect to that for me, for the Bruce and Dick relationship. And I think this book does in that regard, because Dick doesn't cower down to Bruce at all. He stands up for what he believes in. And sure, there's a moment here, you know, that Batmobile right after the opening scene, he tries to talk and Batman shuts him down right away. So he's kind of quiet. I mean, he speaks his mind in the cave, but then you see like the next day when he goes to Gotham Academy and he's thinking, Hey, if, if Bruce is the one here to pick me up, then maybe he's not mad anymore and I can go out and patrol with him. And then he sees that it's Alfred and he's like, bummer. But then Alfred tells him Bruce read his journal mm-hmm. and he just gets pissed off, creates his own suit, follows Batman on the, pr- like when on the prowl, if you will, and I mean, he makes his own rules basically in that. And I think there is something I'm far from being 13 years old. Okay. But there is a mentality of it that that makes sense because I think at 13, probably I thought that I was more mature than I really was and that I can pave my own way and don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing, you know, sort of mm. the overconfidence coming into play. And I think that's on full display here, which gets the story going for the inclusion of Killer Croc, which I think is great. I love that that's the villain that they use in this story because, you know, going for a B-lister, give a B-lister some some FaceTime, you know, and I really like the inclusion of Killer Croc. So uh, take it away, Sir Zeddy on waylon jones (laughs) yeah i i dug it too it's uh you don't see too many killer croc stories in here too and they and it they actually gave a nice little tie-in to why killer croc is in this story which i actually didn't think about how that could actually be real or happen but i Mm -hmm. you know i got around to it right you know he's not just some sewer guy that that comes into the the equation and wants to rob banks you know he he does actually have a more darker vendetta and and when he actually realizes who dick grayson is later on you know it it really does come together and it adds more emotional stakes to uh robin's pursuit of trying to prove himself to batman and then robin's pursuit of trying to take down his first real big villain in killer clock which hey you're going to take Killer Croc down as your first villain as Robin. Good for you, man. That's impressive. <laughs> that is and impressive. Making him relatable of their first interaction with each other, which is in the sewers, in which Batman has to save the day again. Yeah. But Croc gets a look at his suit and it looks familiar because he's made his suit out of his circus uniform. Oh, mm-hmm. it just so happens that Croc was a part of that same circus uh, years prior. So we're left at the end of the first book with him revisiting the now shut down Haley Circus and discovering that was one of the Graysons. That was Dick Grayson, the kid, which was a great spot at the, you know, reading it as soon as it was first released. And you're like, okay, I've got a month to wait now. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's a good hook. How, what are they going to do with this? And in a surprising way, they didn't really do too much with it in book two. Yeah. And to me, there are two huge moments in this story. 
the whole story I think is good, but there are two that really stand out that what makes this work. And one of those moments is in, in book two. Book two starts in a way that I don't expect it to in that it's Dick's birthday. Well, he's getting bullied at school, beats the shit out of the bullies, which hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hell and yeah. the, the headmaster is, is an idiot. <laughs> I mean, he tries to accuse, because Alfred shows up, not Bruce, as the parental figure talking in the, and then Dick says that the other guy started it. And basically the headmaster is like, well, everybody else is hurt. It's like, okay, well, a bully doesn't seek out five bigger people and beat the shit out of them. So, yeah, but whatever. It's for the story. I'm not sure. Cameras in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check the tape. But it's Dick's, it's Dick's birthday. Mm-hmm. Batman's going to take him on an adventure. Where do they go? Justice League Watchtower. And I was like, whoa. Okay, did not see this coming. Mm-hmm. And what a fun two-page spread at 22,300 miles above the Earth where we get all sorts of fun little Easter eggs throughout so Justice League. I wasn't alone, was I? And you're like, okay, hold on a second. Let's look at here. Oh, okay, there's Star Road. Oh, there's the Lantern. There's a Batarang. You know, you were doing the same mm-hmm. thing, right? Of course, of course. <laughs> what, what got you the most giddy out of that page? Do you remember? Uh, need to aside from what? Yeah, right. Oh my god. Oh, Star. Oh my guy. Look at my guy. Look All right. There's your guy. answer. <laughs> Look at my Star-o. guy. He's just chilling in there. Star. He's waiting to come out. He's waiting to Star-o come out. Star had a great 2021. Okay. He did, man. <laughs> he had a good 2021. <laughs> but we think. Okay, so we're wondering the angle here. Oh, okay. This is just a birthday gift. You get to go up to the Watchtower. He gets to meet the Justice League. Then he gets to meet the Titans. The Titans want to go on their own little mission. So they go on a little mission. Robin helps them. How does how do they sneak past Hawkman, who's been left behind while the Justice League got on a mission? And they go and take on the... Uh, okay, Royal what's Flesh their Gang? official name? Royal Flesh Gang, yes. Yeah, I think that's who it was. Yeah. That's a fun mm-hmm. spread. And then <laughs> I took it as it's Toy Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then King Shark. Yep. Fantastic. Three pages, three different spreads. A lot of fun. The issue's fun. Have at it. Do you have anything to say about the three missions that these Titans go on? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but real quick, because I part of the reason why I really, really wanted to talk about this story too were just the moments in book two where it's okay. just robin goes up and the first person he actually gets to meet is superman you know and it's it's superman is everything that he probably thought he was and then he gets to meet wonder woman and he's probably Mm -hmm. a little starstruck at wonder woman you know flash is cool green arrow green arrow is talking to him too so it's just a cool moment of like this little kid realizing he's meeting the justice league you know Mm -hmm. and he kind of gets to walk around gets to have a little fun and then he kind of meets kids his own age and he realized that they're kind of maybe they got a lot more in common than they all thought because mm-hmm. they're the sidekicks and then in your head you're kind of just like the titans the titans this is awesome this is where it gets all set up right because it is and then you even more cool is that robin takes the initiative out of all of them right and because they've all 
probably been there for a while, but he's the one that takes the stand to say, man, aren't you guys like bored of just like playing video games and just chilling in here all day? Don't you guys want to go do something? And, and, you know, a lot of them are a little more hesitant, you know, Roy's like, hell yeah, dude, I don't like mm-hmm. you. I don't know you, but I'm going with you. Cause let's do it. Um, and it's just cool. So the missions, I like it. And Robin's kind of like the leader there and, and the panels of them just defeating all the bad guys are just incredible. Cause in like, in it's one of those, like in your head, you're like, this is Titans and it's cool. Cause that's Dick Grayson right there. I like how you just said that he, he comes across kind of like as the leader and as all of us know, he is the leader of the team Titans mm-hmm. and the Titans. So yeah, that plays in, that plays in well. <clears throat> They return to the watchtower just in time because Batman comes in and says, Robin, it's time to go. They leave. Everybody's like, bye, waves. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Back to the cave. Alfred's smiling. And then Bruce throws the curveball and says, Robin, mission debrief. And then I think what's done really well is it's all in one page in four panels robin's breakdown of each character of the titans then goes to what you mentioned earlier a moment that we see of alfred's face of shock batman good boy and then we're led this wasn't happy birthday here's just a gift it's batman took him there as a way of like you need to study how to take every one of them down Mm. okay (laughs) Makes sense. Tower of Babel. That's where Batman's mind would go. Mm -hmm. But totally supports your initial feelings of this Batman's kind of a dick. The kid can't celebrate his birthday in a way because there's the mission at hand. Mm -hmm. And as to quote the the imposter, the mission is all that matters. Uh, That changed the, the scope of the book for me. Because then we end really, you know, it's uh, just a couple pages that Croc now is going to Gotham Academy because he can see Dick Grayson goes to Gotham Academy. He cannot see who adopted him. So at least he knows where he goes to school and that's it. But that's not the point of this book. The, po- the point of this book is that part of the Batman-Robin relationship. And I was a little on edge there of, there's there's not much redemption here on Batman's part. It's leaning too much on he's kind of being a dick. Hmm. Take me take me back, Zeddy. <laughs> Your first time yeah. reading this. Yeah, I was. I mean, usually, I'm mostly on the side of Batman most of the time because I could always kind of see where he's coming from, even if he is a little hard. But I'll be honest with you. I kind of wanted to like punch Batman in the face, like from reading. Whoa, like that hey, panel. come on, hey now, come hey on, now. man. We don't, I'm we don't just, say I, that around. I this know, parts, man. Okay, because I, I was just reading that, and I was like, man, like it was because it was such a beautiful moment, like such a beautiful panel, and I'm like, man, if I was Alfred, I would have probably reacted the same exact way because I'm like, you did this beautiful thing for this kid, whether or not he was your actual adopted son or not, just to do something nice like that. Yeah. for somebody and then you realize that there were some intentions behind that it wasn't just hey i'm gonna celebrate your birthday because you know you live with me and i want to give you something nice right it was just 
what happened? How do you, how do you stop this guy? How do you stop this guy? How would you stop this guy? And I'm like, you are Batman. I like it, but I'm like that, that was a little, that was a little too harsh. Like I was like, all right. But, yeah. but okay. I will totally agree. If I were to sit here and rather, and instead of being like, Mr. Mr. Zednik here, let's talk Batman. We're having fun, jolly good friends. But instead, I'm thinking about I know how to how to take all this fun away. I'll I'll take all of his cases of Bud Light. Like that changes the dynamic of our relationship. I get it. Do you think that it's valid that that's what Batman took him up there for? You know, it it is it is in, in code with Batman. You know, mm-hmm. I will say like it's not like that's not something Batman would do because that is something Batman would do. Sure. I just think that it's it's like it's the moment and kind of how it happens. Like. I was just led to believe that Batman was just being hard on me in the beginning because it was just tough love. You know, he was like, I can't just be nice to you. You know, you got to earn it a little bit. You know, it's like, you know, parents don't just give kids, you know, a gift that they ask for right away. They kind of got to earn it. Right. You got to got to be good. You got to be good. You got to do something good. Got to get good grades or something. Uh So when when I know. Right. Got to be good. You got to be good. Got to be good. Got to be good. Okay, carry on. No, you're good. So, like, when he takes him to meet the Justice League, I'm like, that's just him taking Alfred's advice, being a good parent, while also maybe trying to help Robin learn the ropes a little bit by meeting all these heroes, you know? But then you get back to the Batcave, and it was just, it was part of this bigger plan with Batman, which is fair, you know? I just think that it was, it was kind of weird for me to just see, like, it was never a good intention with Batman. It was always just I'm training you, Robin, you know? Yeah. And I think that the validity to it is spot on because that Batman can kind of be, he'll give you, give it to you straight. You may not want to hear it, but he's going to give you the truth. So he sees everything as you're an ally, but I need to be prepared for any situation. Dick if you're going to be doing this with me, you need to be prepared in every situation. All of that does make, it does just make sense, but you're, but the humanity in us all and trying to be nice people to people, you judge that at face value and like, okay, that was a dick move. Not even a good birthday present because it comes with a big old asterisk next to it. So I didn't know where the the final chapter in this was going to go. I thought, yeah, there's a good chance that this Batman in the end is just like, I don't don't know. I don't even know what I was thinking. I'm just like, man, there's got to be a good redeeming factor here. Mm -hmm. So we get the most Killer Croc in book three. Uh, Big old face-offs and and fights. And uh, we get a little bit. So there is a little bit of... What do you want to say? Bruce feels there was a payoff in how Robin took the mission to the watchtower because you can see it by how that they're how they're fighting in the opening of book three, and then when they're sitting at the table eating, and Dick is like, "I think I'm going to skip today. Going to skip school," mm-hmm. and Bruce is also like, 
let him stay home if he wants. This is more important than whatever they're teaching him at Gotham Academy. Also doesn't feel like very Bruce because Bruce is like, no, you go to school. You do mm-hmm. your, you do the work. That's why Peter Vera likes him so much. He does the work. Bruce does the work. <laughs> but then Alfred, you know, lashes out, makes a good point, makes Bruce rethink his decision and Dick is going to school. But you see that Bruce and Dick are, they're evolving together now. Mm-hmm. Still hesitant at this point of like, what's coming? What's the what's the payoff? Croc shows up at Gotham Academy. Dick intervenes, and then Batman crashes through the window. Croc takes him down and and takes him to Haley's Circus. Has Batman upside down, water leading into the into like the pool. It's gonna drown him. Now, do you want to say anything yet up to this point? Hmm. Well, somebody loved Batman 66 here, uh, Mr. Lauer, <laughs> I would say. And tune in to next week's issue to find out if Batman will survive. Will Batman <laughs> go for a swim or will he sink to the bottom? Find out. Will he sink or will he swim? That's right. <laughs> well, he's not uh, wearing yellow yeah. trunks, so he's not going to swim. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it plays out kind of the way that you like you like you just said too like you're kind of like man are they gonna try to find a way to redeem this relationship somehow uh you know dick wanting to actually hang out with bruce and batman in the back cave probably is more of a redeeming thing you know where he wants to study some evidence that he found at a crime scene it opens up in a very cool scene of batman and robin doing their thing and you see robin's getting a little more experience you know which is cool um, and then he's kind of met in the face of adversity. You know, the big yeah. bad villain comes to his school, probably just going to take out everybody until he finds the one kid that he's looking for. And then Batman comes in there in a very cool fashion, like he should yeah. and, and does. He loves to uh, crash through windows and all. Wow. I know. Right. Right. Yeah. Study. Break, up all, break and... all the windows. <laughs> break up all the windows. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't know if you felt this this way, too, the whole time, but it's. It's almost like the whole book, Batman may not be holding back, but it's he doesn't really fight like Batman because the, the whole point is to get Robin to that point, right? So it's Batman's kind of there being cool, beating up the bad guys, but the whole point is for Robin to do all the heavy lifting, to do all the work, and Batman's kind of the supporting character, which I get it, Robin and Batman, not Batman and Robin, but uh, the whole point is that Batman was always meant to be the driving force to him becoming Robin, essentially. Yeah. That's a good point. It's good points. Good points all around. Be proud of yourself. Uh, well, don't get too cocky. Whoa, Come on. Whoa. Okay. Overconfident. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should host the show, Mr. Lauer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, we lost Nick Zednick. That's weird. I'll finish this episode out. So then in this, this to me is the is moment number two, then. The first, as I said, was the post-Watchtower mission discussion in the cave. And then this one, Robin going to save Batman. Batman has no control here. He's chained up, upside down. He can't get free. And in comes Robin. Batman is powerless at this point. Everything up to this point, Batman's there to catch Robin if he falls. He's there to intervene if he's going to get blindsided by something. This is a moment where he has no control. So he's quickly just yelling for Robin to bail. Leave me, go. And I think part of that, as 
I mean, from any angle, you know, of think of as a parent, I'm not a parent, but I could, I could imagine of this is a moment of as a parent that you have to let your child fail or succeed on their own. You can't intervene. And that's a hard thing to do, even if it's facing bad odds. In this case, it's Killer Croc. Mm-hmm. But Robin's telling him, you know, I can get you down. And then Batman says, no, listen to me. And then it's that panel that he says, you're a good boy, no matter what I've said or how I've acted. I'm very proud of you. You don't have to do this. I won't be able to help you, son. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you stay, I won't be able to help you this time. Robin, defiant and wants to prove himself, stands his ground. But that, like, that didn't fully rest with me because it hops right from that moment of Bruce talking to Dick into Killer Croc staring they're fighting. Mm-hmm. But you get that the internal dialogue of Robin as he's facing Croc and he's underwater like he's gonna drown and he has almost like a blackout moment he becomes victorious he saves batman and then there's the big payoff of and the nod i would say to dark knight returns where batman embraces him and a hug it's good boy you're a good boy and i think that that makes me think of good soldier Mm -hmm. and the hug in dark knight returns and that to me was the massive payoff. That whole scene right there was the whole payoff of the of the story. That completed mm-hmm. it to me. Where I was like, see, this is this was why I rooted for Batman all along. I knew he wasn't <laughs> bad. You know, that that just worked. And I think that makes this whole story work. Even if for you it was a struggle, the first two books. And you mm-hmm. could, and I could understand if somebody says, I don't like Batman in this. To mm-hmm. where I would have said, well, let's see how it wraps up in book three, and then we can fully judge. And I think that that moment is crucial to the whole point of the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I love Batman. You know, I love Batman. Of course hey, me too. Uh, All right. Yeah, that's awesome, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's him. not that I didn't like like him in this book i didn't like him in, i just didn't love him in this book you know sure. like he's still yeah. batman like he's mm-hmm. still the whole idea of him abiding by the code and the mission comes first that is batman it's not like that's not accurate it's just i think it was different too because we don't normally see bruce wayne or batman being harsh towards dick grayson right, right. there might be times where he's a little bit harder on him but it's only because he sees so much in him that he wants him to be the best version of himself, right? But he doesn't, he's not straight up like doing a nice thing for him and then flipping the narrative on him the whole time, right? Or ignoring him or threatening to take away his costume. Yeah. Things like that. Reading his journals and brave in, invading his privacy. So it's just, it was a different take, you know? It, and I think the more that I've reread it, the more I've come around to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it just, it was a little bit different. But I did love the payoff of them embracing because it is a defining moment of the book and i dug that the whole story kind of wraps up at the circus essentially too like you know he becomes his defining moment of becoming robin happens at the same place that his parents died essentially yeah and he takes down the classic villain origin story of the villain that had the rough go around at the same place that he did so he overcome 
that obstacle. And then he kind of gets Batman's uh, acceptance, I guess, all in the in the same time, too, right? Because like, it's like, imagine if Batman had fully became Batman at Crime Alley, right? Mm-hmm. It would change the whole complexity of, of his defining moment as a person. So I dug that it's, you wrapped up the circus, now he's Robin. We're led to believe that their relationship is better going forward after this point, because the whole point was a test. I'm not saying Batman set the whole thing up and he knew he was probably going to die, but, you know, it was... It was the whole book is Batman testing Robin. You know, was was Robin sure. actually going to listen to him for the first time and bail out, or was he going to try to defeat Killer Croc and save Batman? You know, speechless. <laughs> you got it. Oh, I try. I love I try. the point that you make though, too, of where his big moment crossing that line to become Robin happens at the circus Mm -hmm. the place that started this path I really like that point um, because I think that's not that's no mistake Jeff Lemire is way too smart and way too good to just at the very end be like oh yeah I guess that's what I was doing (laughs) he knew what he was doing (laughs) let me just draw a circus because it's convenient (laughs) yeah exactly I missed the circus so sure (laughs) But what follows, so we have that that big moment. And I didn't mention the two kids that wanted to do Dungeons and Dragons, or the three kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the name of the one, because he comes up in book two. Mm-hmm. Or is it book one? I think book two. Comes up to Dick yeah. and asks if he plays D&D, because him, Norm, and Alan. Mm-hmm. And I love that, because I'm like, Norm Brayfogle and Alan Grant. That's not a mistake uh, either. Yeah, see. But I didn't know who this kid was that was saying that. And I don't think his name was ever mentioned. I wanted that third name. I'm like, who are you? But that's okay. But then you get the it, redemption. It would have been Lee. It would have been Lee. Oh, stop. <laughs> you stop it right there. <laughs> but they they end up, Dick's pretty cold to him and shutting him down yeah. then. But he does, like, we get that payoff of the redemption and they're playing D&D at the you know, and he's got friends. So he's living as a kid and the whole, the rest of like the internal, or I guess what he's writing in his journal, the rest of the way is saying that whole point. And I think is what Lemire and probably when are, are trying to tell, make that point that a lot of people try to make too, of Robin is necessary to Batman. Mm-hmm. He is the light in the dark. You know, he is, let's see exactly what he says. I mean, he talks about it's okay, it's okay to be afraid. If you let that fear in, it can show you things. Because up to this moment, and he's written down in the journal about the darkness and being swept by the darkness and all of that. And he says, I don't need to be the next Batman. I can be something else. Yep. All of that just seems like it's, it's perfect in why people see Batman needs a Robin. Now, I'm not one that says Batman needs a Robin. I don't have anything against Dick Grayson Robin, though. I like it when there are stories that's Dick Grayson Robin. My mm-hmm. I love to pick up stories where it's just Batman. Just give me a good story and I'll be I'll be there. But I think this is a strong case for that idea that Batman needs a Robin. Mm-hmm. Does Batman need a Robin? Uh, Pressure's I, on Zednik. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I yeah. Answer. <laughs> answer correctly. <laughs> 
Um, I am one of those people that feels like he is quintessential to Batman. Okay. Um, but I'm also somebody that it can go either way. Like you just said, like there's stories where I like just a solo Batman and then there's times where yeah. preferably I like Batman and Robin because, you know, you think of Batman 66, uh, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. So it's not like we've never not had Batman and Robin together. It's just that's really who I think of when I think of Batman. You know, I think of Batman and Robin as one thing. I don't think of them as two separate people. Yeah. It's kind of like one whole thing for me. but it kind of it kind of goes either way too. Like I like the point, like you just mentioned, where it's Robin's the light and Batman's the darkness, and you kind of need that in between mm-hmm. uh, to blend into one another. Like Robin does so much for Batman, and Batman does so much for Robin, and that's kind of where where I where I stand on it too. Because gotcha. Robin's not a burden, in my opinion, you know, and that's what I think this book try to come across is that it's. The suit in the beginning, you know, the idea of being Robin felt like a burden to Dick Grayson, but he still wanted to be Robin, but he just wanted Batman's acceptance, right? So I think it's Batman accepting that him having a Robin, having a kid as Robin, isn't a burden. You just got to accept him. This won't make Eric Carter happy. Damien's a burden. <laughs> that little shit. When he's, with, when he's with Dick Grayson, he's not. That's true. That's, that's mm-hmm. true. He's not. But otherwise, that little shit's a burden. <laughs> Dick Grayson Robin is not a burden. Uh, we talked pretty heavily about the story. Real quick, what do you think of the art for Dustin Wynn? From Dustin Wynn. Yeah, I, I really think the art is, is unique in this book. There, It mm-hmm. felt very cartoony, which I'm coincidental enough. Um, but it, it felt like it was told through a child's perspective, too. Okay, And that's, I think, the part that I dug the most. That it's It really did feel like the whole artwork was in the vein of how robin pictured things you know like mm-hmm. batman being super grizzled doesn't look like a nice person because that's probably how he saw batman alfred being a little more kinder and nicer um and then everything else in between and then i think the costume being a brighter red too uh, really popped on the eyes too so i think that was that was pretty cool how about you, uh, what did you think? i'm a big fan of dustin Wen. um i think he did the I want to say he did maybe did the epilogue of the resurrection of Ra's al Ghul. And I think that was the first time I saw his art. And then he followed that and did the streets of Gotham series with Paul Dini. He did heart of hush with Paul Dini, uh, an underrated gem of a story. If you haven't read that book, I recommend so highly that you read heart of hush. Uh, He did that art, but this style on this of like mixing in the water, like the watercolor is, mm-hmm. is great. Uh, that it seems like that used to be like his style when he did, he did the covers for heart of hush and then streets of Gotham. And then I don't know if you've read Lil Gotham. I've Have you read, read any Lil of those. Gotham. You haven't read any of those. Okay. Uh, highly recommended. They are, they are a okay. blast. They're cool. for all ages, but this watercolor tactic was done there. Mm. Um, and I'm, I think it's just really good. And it's, so it's just showing that I'm just a fan of the guy's work, period. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, in, in this book, I think it's interesting how you said it's almost from like a, a child's perspective. Um, I don't disagree with that. Uh, but I, I like this, this style of art that he's, that he's doing, though, in, in mm-hmm. with the watercolor, adding that and making it a little bit different. And I know that he just, he and Lemire just released 
a new series or started a new series called Little Monsters, where it seemed like the cover of that was felt this watercolor-ish, but inside wasn't. Um, I just, I really like this guy's work. I think he, he really stands out. I think you can look at it and you'd be like, ooh, that's Dustin Lin. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a good trademark uh, for, for an artist that you're noticed. Even I'd say, even if it's, you, you kind of have something bad to say about it. I mean, it, you're noticed. People yeah. know like, Hey, I know who did that. It's not generic. It's original. And he's got an original touch that I think is great. So uh, before we start to head to some favorites, do you have any other angle of the story that we haven't touched on? Uh, no, I just, I, 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 I dig the, you know, the journey, I guess, essentially, mm-hmm. you know, of both of everybody in this book, you know? So again, love, love the killer clock utilization too. Like you said, too, a nice P level threat, but a formidable foe, I would say too. You know, I, I love that we're, again, we're still calling him Waylon. Uh, mm-hmm. That seems to be an ongoing thing. Yeah. Crock. No, you're Waylon. Um, right. So I, I dig that. And, and I dig the, I dig how much the suit pops too in this book. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like Robin is more distinct than Batman in this book. Like Batman looks like a more shadowy figure and Robin looks more present, I would say too. So um, just kudos to that. I mean, like I said, it, it's a different approach to the Batman and Robin mythos, but I think it's one, if you're a Robin fan, you probably do come out satisfied in the end because he is the character that you love if you are a Robin yep. fan. Yeah. Um. And then if you're a Batman and Robin fan, I think you do get a nice payoff too. You just gotta, if you can, if you can understand, you know, Batman's logic in this book, I think you'll be satisfied by the end of the book. But just, just a few panels, like I said too, that you know, make make my head turn a little way, uh, turned a little way, but only because I'm, I'm just a Batman and Robin, uh, geek like that, and I don't like when Batman's mean to Robin, Laura. I don't. <laughs> Don't. I don't like him when he's mean. That's why you're alone in the cave, Bruce. Don't make him eat rats in a cave. Okay? <laughs> but anyways. Be nice to Terry. He pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I have anything to add that, that we haven't discussed, both of us or, you know, that have you bring it up. I think mm. this is a good journey. And I want, I want what follows this because that's still early Robin. Yeah. You know, I, give me some more of that. Let this be a continuing mm-hmm. mini series. You know, I would mm-hmm. I would really like that if they were able if they were able to somehow swing it. But let's would go you ahead. Have done and... anything differently? No. Okay. I got nothing. I also am one that will flat out say, "Hey, they didn't ask me to write this story, so who the hell am I to say this is what they should have done?" You know, this is the story presented to me. How did I feel about it? I felt pretty, pretty satisfied. Is there anything you would have changed? No, no. I think it, it was sometimes you just got it. You got to take a swing every now and then and mm-hmm. you just got to hope that it, it resonates. So I look, it's a comic, right? Comics yeah. are literally the best place to take these big swings and hopefully you hit, you hit home runs with it. So it was one of my favorite books of the year. I, and- <laughs> I have yeah. not infiltrated the minds of every single comic book reader. No, 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 I haven't. I haven't. <laughs> but what I've seen talked about with this book, it's been positive. Yeah. I haven't seen negative about it. And I was even, I was able to talk to Paul Herman and Chris Clow on the comic binge about this book too. And, and those guys had nothing but good things to say about it as well. Yep. So 
uh, yeah, I think the word around this one is that it's pretty is that it's pretty good, and people are pretty happy with it. So, uh, let me ask you, uh, Sir Zeddy, what's your favorite part of Robin and Batman? Mm. My favorite part, I have two of them, so I know, and we literally just addressed them, but they're they're so good. Uh, first one being the whole thing of when he goes to meet the Justice League, I just think is awesome because it's cool. every little kid would would would, would want to be meeting the justice league like that it's like being a kid in a candy shop right and yeah in your mind it's like that might be one of the nicest things that batman's just ever done period you know is he took robin to meet the justice league um mm-hmm. and then obviously the the hug at the end you know when robin saves him i think is a beautiful moment and i think it encapsulates their relationship beautiful you know you look at it like even there's there's a cover where it's robin's holding batman kind of in his arms like a flipped death in the yeah. family where Batman's holding Robin in his arms too. So it's the relationship is very crucial. So I I love I love those panels. You love hugs. I'm I'm a, I'm a hugger. Can, I'm <laughs> a lover, not a fighter. Go, you know? go track him down. Zeddy wants a hug. <laughs> I want to be there when Peter Vera hugs you. Okay. <laughs> Might not let me go. <laughs> I've I've had one of those hugs. That's a good Peter R. Vera hug. Oh yeah. Uh, for me, I think my favorite part is when at at the circus when robin first uh runs up to batman Mm. because that's what the story is kind of emotionally that's what the story's been building up for i can be Mm -hmm. very patient with something if that payoff like that we're going to get that payoff and i think this this had that payoff that i was i didn't know what was going to happen but it was like i hope there's a good payoff here yep there's the good payoff so that's why that that worked for me how about a favorite panel hmm yeah, favorite panel. If I if I had to pick one, I would say the very last one of when he uh is is talking to the Titans at the very end of book three, where it's you get that moment of the Titans are forming. Cause that's yeah. that's a pretty cool uh way to end a story, I would think, where like you know eventually he's gonna go to lead the Titans and it it's yeah. just a cool nod, I would say, because that that to me puts Robin in the place where he needs to be. And I like on the side of his journal too, as he's doing like the logo, the logos for Teen Titans in his journal, yep. which I think are, that's fun too. That's a fun little. So many Nightwing nods in this book too, right? Where he's like, maybe I should call myself Nightwing. Yeah. Huh? Call you know? Nightwing. Like, he he mentions that twice, I think, because one's yeah. like, I don't know, maybe name like Nightwing, and then later on, it's just like, yep, that's what I should be, Nightwing. A little <laughs> bit more like that's my final answer. Uh, maybe, would you maybe like my shoe should be darker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you like to see, or no, 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 whoa, my favorite panel. Yeah, what's your favorite panel? Come on now. I mean, I love book one when Batman goes out on the prowl himself solo, but I think mm. I think it's the hug, especially because now when I read it, that's going to be Pete hugging Zeddy in my mind. Um, <laughs> but it is, it's a great image of just seeing how big like Batman is and mm-hmm. how yeah, Dick Grayson starting out as Robin is a kid. Uh, but that's, I mean, it's the payoff of the story and stuff too. So I really, I like that panel. Uh, would, would you like to see this story adapted in animation? I would. Um, and I think there could be an, an avenue to do it. Um, okay. Usually most times I say no, because it's kind of hard to really translate a story, you know, mm-hmm like a comic to animation but it's a lot easier than people might think you just gotta 
take, you know, you got to take elements from the story and kind of make it your own. So I think you can tell a story where, you know, the burden of being Robin is at the core of the story. Uh, and you can probably get away with a few things with Batman in this book, too. So I think I think it would be a cool thing. And I know we've had like Son of Batman and other things like that, where, you know, you've, you've had a, a Robin kind of not being so kind to Batman and kind of vice versa. So but I, I think there is a, an avenue to tell this kind of story for sure. How about you? What do you think? Yep. Do it in a 75 minute movie. Yeah, you can do it. I think it can be done. You can hit all the important notes and not have to, with this length of these three yeah, books, right? I don't think there's anything that you have to cut. There may not be something that you'd have to add. Keep the essence of the story. I don't need to direct every single line, every single beat, mm-hmm. but we know where emotionally the story needs to go. So maybe find a good, a, a, an inventive way to do that, but maybe in a different way. Um, I'd be down for it. Any final thoughts on Robin and Batman? Uh, No, other than just thank you for letting me choose the book. You know, I know Robin and Batman, you know, is a unique title, but I definitely think it it, it was a great just Batman story, even though Robin is at the center of it, because it's still it's still a worthy interpretation of their relationship. So, yeah. Okay. I like the story. I love the art. I think the story is paced very well. It hits the point, the nail on the head in that third book. Uh, great payoff for a, a good buildup. So, uh, no, like I said, no complaints, harsh criticisms, recommendations to Jeff Lemire, all-star writer. Um, yeah, great story. I hope that I hope they have something up their sleeve for a continuation, because I'll be there. Absolutely. Now, before we go, uh, no. Mr. Zednik, yeah, we <laughs> we still have we still have something to address here. Oh. Two things. Uh, well, one, first off, I guess before we get there, uh, you said you're going to get me to do something. Yeah. So, all right, Ryan, what you got? Now, what you I've got? Been, I've been on this show twice now, and you I've have? asked you more than twice for this thing but you know third time te- technically does seem to be the charm right, we'll right? so there's been a lot of really good batman bruce wayne stories right but i think we should do a nice we should go beyond batman mr lauer i think what what, what do you say what do you say we should go beyond batman in uh what way batman beyond what do you think what do you think huh Got, oh, got you fresh. think you think you oh, get to come yeah. back to the show? Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay, it might be uh, putting you on the spot. Five years, but sure, sure we're not. <laughs> sure years. we're not. Yeah. <laughs> hey, like I said, I have nothing against Batman Beyond, and also, hey, it's the guest's choice. It's like what you know the rules of Batman has to be a major player in the story if it's not a bat full on Batman story. So hey, Batman Beyond, if that's what. Zednik, if he ever gets the invite to return to the show, if that's the book that he chooses, <laughs> then I have to respect your wishes. So, Zeddy, hey, what book have... do you want to do? Oh, Batman Beyond. Okay, what's the story about? Yeah, so Bruce Wayne isn't in this book. It's just Terry, and he's oh. trying to live on life without Bruce Wayne. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that sounds great. Can't wait. I know, right? Can't wait on that one. Well, coming in 2023, maybe. <laughs> 
All right. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. It was worth the try. What can I say? It was. We'll see if, if I can fit you into the schedule sometime. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a while. But no, that'd be that'd be okay. I haven't read very much Batman Beyond. I'm open for it. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, the geese, they've protested. <laughs> got it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Batman Beyond <laughs> just got goosed. <laughs> All right, Zednik, let's talk about the, the Batman poll on the Batman Book Club Twitter account. That's at the Batman BC. The last Batman poll that I put out, and I was telling you before we started recording, I really do try to think of questions that I and polls that hopefully will be close. And my track record for that is not good uh, because there are a lot of landslides. This one I thought would somehow be a little closer than it was. <laughs> the question was if you could have a character from The Imposter, aside from Batman, obviously, show up in the sequel to The Batman, who would you pick? 62.9% of everybody said Leslie Tompkins. Hmm. Now, Leslie Tompkins, Blair Wong, an original character created for the story, Arnold Wesker, a.k.a. Ventriloquist, or Otis Flanagan, a.k.a. Ratcatcher, were the options. Uh, Zednik, who would you have chosen or who did you choose in that poll? So I did choose and would have chosen Leslie Tompkins because yeah. I think she's such a great character and important character to Batman mythos that I don't think we've seen nearly explored enough. And, and I would love to see her translate to a live action Batman movie somehow. We got her on Titans and that's a start. I know got she her was on in Pete's Gotham. Show, Gotham. And I know she was in Gotham, but I'm, I'm yeah. looking for a nice, whether or not she's more on the younger side or on the older side, I think you can do it either way. Um, but I'm looking for more of a relationship between them on the big screen. I voted Leslie too. And I did hesitate on the question because I felt like, I feel like Leslie's going to probably win. However, yeah. Blair Wong was written really, really well in the story. And also yeah. the others. I mean, it's a, a very realistic take on Arnold Wesker and Otis Flanagan. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's let's do some options. Let's see what the people say. And the people said Leslie Tompkins. And a lot of people voted too. So much appreciated for everybody voting. It's always fun to have more votes because uh, there are more voices and opinions are heard. So thanks for everybody for voting. Now, there, I did think of, I didn't, I didn't have a question going into this. And there's pressure on you to create, oh, no. have me create a question. And I did create one. <laughs> I've asked the question before, who's your favorite Robin? That's an easy one. I think even though there are a lot of Tim Drake Damian fans Wayne. and Damian Wayne fans, that little <laughs> shit, heavily went Dick Grayson. Yeah. But let's go ahead. I am going to have you um, have an influence here. The question, which if it's go to the Batman Book Club Twitter at the Batman BC to answer this poll question. If it's not there, the time that you listen to this podcast, hang in there because it's coming soon. My question, Mr. Zednik, is which Robin has the best origin story? I'm going to list four names because that's as many as Twitter will allow in a poll. Sure. Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Damian Wayne, and now you, sir. This is going to be on you. The fourth mm. option, Jason Todd or Carrie Kelly. Oh, you know, I love that we were just talking about this too because I can I can see both cases to each character, sure. but mm-hmm. 
Honestly, I think for the sake of your poll, maybe for the sake of conversation, I would like to see Carrie Kelly in there. Carrie Kelly. Okay, there you go. Yeah. If somebody's really angry, uh, find Just tweet, Nick at, me. Just tweet at me, and I'll, and I'll tell you where to find him. All the way. And let's, <laughs> I mean, let's go ahead and beat everybody to it. Let's see his, his Twitter here. If you're angry, Carrie Kelly, option four, courtesy of Nick Zednick. <laughs> at Nick Zednick on Twitter. Send all of your anger to him or, of course, the, the complaint department eric holzman at final e33 um so yeah there you go head to the twitter account and cast your vote for for the poll question i'd really appreciate it and i really appreciate you nick zednick thanks for coming back on the show thank you it's been a delight uh why don't you go ahead and plug away for these people who haven't for some reason been following you anywhere that you're doing things Oh, I know. Why would you guys not want to follow me, right? <laughs> oh, but, oh, Ryan, thank you so much again. It's always uh, you always great company when when I stop by in the in the the latter the latter parts of Gotham. I gotta tell yes. you, you know, bless you. Great, great service. You know, the women's always <laughs> nice and tidy. Yeah. You know, there there's cable on the TV. I can't complain. The food is good. Yeah, uh, it's just a blast. You know, and uh, and and the man who who runs the the estate is a very nice person as well. So yeah, what can I say? Very much so. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you guys can follow me on Twitter at Nick Zendik. But most importantly, I would like you guys to follow the podcast that I co-host with the Carusos, my childhood best friends at Vigilante1939. And you can find that podcast wherever else you get your podcast at. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Fantastic. You can. Well, I would like to say the you cannot turn in the brackets. That time has passed. But do make sure that you follow the Batman Book Club Twitter account at the Batman BC to help vote. Your voice needs to be heard for the bracket challenge. The Batman Book Club 2022 bracket challenge to try and determine who is the greatest Batman writer. We need as many voices as possible to vote on these polls. Uh, so yeah, go to that Twitter and you can find out when you can cast your vote in that. But uh, if you just want to follow for episode updates, upcoming episodes, sometimes some giveaways, you can follow the show at Twitter there at the Batman BC, as well as Instagram at the Batman BC. If you have questions or comments you'd like to write in, you can do that at the Batman BC at gmail.com. Make sure to go to YouTube, subscribe to the Batman Book Club YouTube channel. There are plans to, of some new things coming to that channel. Uh, I know right now it's it's been a little while since something aside from podcast episodes, but go ahead and subscribe and pay attention to that. As I said at the top of the show, if you like what's going on with the show and you want to support it, you can do that in a variety of ways. One is patreon.com, patreon.com slash the Batman BC. You can also buy some merchandise, Batman Book Club merchandise at tpublic, tpublic.com, type TBBC, the Batman Book Club, and you'll get a bunch of options. But if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all, it's 100% A-OK. -okay. You can do that by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. That's right. So you go to the Apple Podcasts, type the Batman Book Club. A link to that page to rate and re review the show is in the description of this episode. The more reviews it gets, the more it helps spread the word. And Zeddy, as we all know, the word is panic. So for Mr. Nick Zednick, I am Ryan Lauer. And until next time, read my Batman comics. Yeah.